So my son reminded me that Osama bin Laden back in 2010 actually instructed his people, instructed Al-Qaeda, the terror group, not to target Joe Biden. Bin Laden specifically told his people, do not target Joe Biden, do not attack Biden, keep Joe Biden alive because he knew that Joe Biden was so incompetent. This is a fact. This is a letter that they discovered. Osama bin Laden, who was no dummy, he knew that Biden was so incompetent, he wanted Biden to be in charge. He told his people, you could target Obama, try to assassinate Obama. That would be ideal because Biden will take over. But do not target Joe Biden under any circumstances because Biden's so incompetent that he would be the best thing that ever happened to Al-Qaeda, to Afghanistan, to the terror group, which was, you know, it turns out to be exactly what has happened now years later, of course. But bin Laden nailed it. Bin Laden, he knew it off the bat. He said, don't touch Biden because Biden would be the best thing that ever happened to radical Islam because Biden's so incompetent. He's exactly the person that we want to have in power. You cannot make this stuff up. Literally, in a letter in 2010, bin Laden said that Biden essentially would be a total disaster. Uh, it was a letter that he wrote to his own group, to al-Qaeda. He said, do not plot an assassination against Biden because Biden will be unprepared to lead the United States. This is according to the New York Post and other outlets. We told you about this a long time ago. So bin Laden urged his followers, look out for Obama, look out for CIA Director David Petraeus. But he said, do not target Vice President Biden because uh, Obama is the head of the infidelity. Killing him will make Biden take over the presidency. Biden is totally unprepared for that post, which will lead the U.S. into a crisis. Now, bin Laden might have meant Biden was unprepared at the time because he was VP. Maybe you would think that now Joe Biden would be somewhat more prepared since he actually was elected president, actually ran for years but it turns out at age 78 that uh, Joe Biden barely knows his own name right now, couldn't spot Afghanistan on a map. This is the man that for years was supposed to be the expert on foreign policy. The irony here is that Obama brought on Biden because Obama was considered a total novice in foreign policy. Biden was supposed to be the expert. And now look at this utter catastrophe that has been created. But that's because Biden at this stage literally has no idea where he is, what he's doing. This is the biggest. Let's get into the details. We have other news of the day to get to, believe it or not, although obviously the big story is Afghanistan. This is the biggest foreign policy debacle in U.S. history, hands down. I mean, this is making Vietnam look like a success. You know, I knew that Joe Biden sooner or later would humiliate himself, but I, I didn't, I honestly didn't realize that it would happen this quickly. I gave him slightly more credit or his own people slightly more credit. And by the way, I have a theory, which I'm going to get to a little bit later. Are Biden's own people throwing him under the bus? Are they sabotaging his presidency? I'll explain that one. And perhaps, and I know this is a little bit out there, but think about this, perhaps you have a Trump mole in the White House calling the shots, bringing down Biden, literally sabotaging Biden. Maybe Trump planted somebody uh, who's a top-level Biden senior staffer who's actually calling the shots. We know one person, the one person everybody knows is not calling the shots in the White House is the president of the United States, the leader of the free world, supposedly, Joe Biden. He's the one guy who's totally out to lunch. So the question, the big question, who's calling the shots? Maybe it's Obama. It's probably not Kamala Harris. So that's the big question. And I'm saying to myself, you know, if Trump had planted a mole, the strategy is so clear. The strategy is such, such a simple one, which is, well, how do you sabotage Joe Biden? Well, it's very simple. 
All you have to do is implement the policies that he promised to implement. All you have to do is keep Joe Biden's campaign promises, which means empower Iran, help them develop a nuclear weapon, which means open up the borders, get rid of Remain in Mexico, stop the deportations, reinstate catch and release. It means do virtually nothing for COVID because Biden's done nothing to combat COVID. And now you have the Delta variant. It means pull out of Afghanistan. So you literally just implement the policies Biden promised he would implement. And it turns out that his presidency is a total nightmare, is a total catastrophe. So it's not like you even have to do anything like very sneaky or, you know, very surreptitious. You just have to basically do what Biden promised that he would do, which which are disastrous policies. So now the media, the mainstream media has turned on Biden. I've never heard, listen to the Sunday shows. I never heard anything like this where they're basically calling a, a Biden a liar and an incompetent buffoon. That is essentially what the media is doing. They are pointing out lie after lie that he told. I'm beside myself here. And again, there are re- I don't believe that the media suddenly became honest, suddenly became objective and suddenly became credible. The media is being forced to admit things that they don't want to admit, but I think there's a strategy here. As always, I think the media, ha- the, the media, they are a bunch of liberals. They're a bunch of honestly biased and, may I say it, despicable liberals. So I don't think the media suddenly woke up and said, you know what, we're going to report the facts. But I, I believe that Biden has become a liability now for the media. So they're essentially, they're throwing him under the bus. They figure, listen, we just have to get through the Biden presidency. We don't have to like him. We don't have to prop him up because he's not running for a second term. There's no way Biden is running for a second term, whether it's Kamala or whether it's going to be, you know, uh, whether it's going to be Elizabeth Warren or, you know, now they're pushing people like Joe Manchin. There are just going to be so many Democrats. Maybe Hillary's going to return. But uh, they figure the one man who's not going to run back again in 2024 is, is Biden. So they figure, look, they have two options over here. Either they could totally, totally bury the facts and act, pretend like Biden, which nobody would believe that Biden is actually a decent president, semi-decent, and nobody in the country is going to buy that narrative. Or they could just admit the truth, throw Biden under the bus, and then come 2024, they can support the next president. That is the strategy here. They almost It almost benefits them because they know Biden's not going to be running. So it almost benefits them. Oh, look at this kind of, you know, silly old man, doesn't know what he's doing. That's okay because we're going to replace him in 2024. That's a better, I'm not saying the media is thrilled, but that's their alternative right now is, listen, we just have to kind of just sabotage Biden, but um, prop up the next person. And that's going to be better off than just fake trying to fake everybody out, which is impossible. Now, let me just say this to President Joe Biden. Stop pretending that you expected this disaster to happen. Stop acting as, oh, this is how we play. This is what Biden, that, 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 that's what they're doing now. The White House is they have Biden getting up there. He's refusing to answer questions from the media. So he's just giving these speeches that are scripted and walking away. But it's like, well, this is playing out pretty much how we... You did not expect it to play out this way. In fact, you kept assuring us. I mean, 11 days, the Taliban took over the entire country in 11 days. You told us that that was not going to happen for years to come. So don't start telling us now, well, you know what, in retrospect, well, yeah, we actually saw this. You did not see this coming. And admit that you're the most incompetent president in U.S. history. And again, when you talk about inflation, the border, I mean, so many things. I mean, just it's literally been seven months. It's been seven months. How much more damage can the man do? And on Friday, Biden spoke. He told and remember, Biden was on vacation. He came out of the vacation. He was forced out of vacation. But Biden told as though like when Biden's not on vacation, he's any more effective than when he's oh the man's always on vacation. The man is a living vacation. But Biden told three major lies on Friday and the media has called him out. And these are not just lies because some of these you can actually there are video clips circulating. I mean, there's television clips all over the place that clearly contradict 
Joe Biden. So he's like, he is so, so, so out of touch with reality. And again, this comes down to cognitive abilities, but obviously they're feeding him false information. But but the fact is, he's, he's, he's buying into it when you can watch television and see not like that. So Biden, uh, he's, he's just completely incoherent, I think, and, uh, and, and telling lies where you look at, you watch the television screen and you see the facts on the ground, literally contradicting Biden. He's number one, he said that Al Qaeda is gone. That's a lie. Number two, he said that our allies have been full of praise for his actions and have not been critical of his actions. That's a lie. Number three, Biden said all Americans right now have total access to the Bagram Air Force Base and, and, and are able to reach the Bagram Airport. And that's clearly a lie as his television clip at one after the next where you see these thousands of people just surrounding these walls, not able to get him. You see a toddler being handed to a U.S. soldier. Please get the toddler. This poor Afghani is saying, please get my child out of here because I don't want them to be suffering here in Afghanistan. Meanwhile, they're literally giving up their child. I mean, these are heart-wrenching scenes. And by the way, Al-Qaeda is gone. So Anthony Blinken himself admitted that on Fox News that, no, Al-Qaeda is actually not at all gone. Al-Qaeda is alive and well and plotting attacks and working with the Taliban. So contradicting Joe Biden right there. And he tried to kind of spin it and say that's not what Biden meant. But Biden said Al-Qaeda is gone. It turns out that the U.N. actually admitted several months ago that Al-Qaeda is very much alive and has a presence and is plotting terror attacks in Afghanistan. At the end of April, a U.N. report said that there are close ties between the Taliban and al-Qaeda. Uh, a direct quote from the from the report, a U.N. report back in April says, quote, the Taliban and al-Qaeda remain closely aligned and show no indication of breaking ties, which, me, which confirms the fact, this is the U.N., by the way, which confirms the fact that Joe Biden, by allowing the Taliban to swoop in and take over, he has empowered al-Qaeda, which is the exact thing that we were in the in Afghanistan to do in the first place was to uh, cripple and destroy Al Qaeda because it was a retaliation for 9/11 and here they are still plotting attacks here all these years later and the Taliban they were the government at the time that empowered uh, bin Laden and empowered Al Qaeda and sponsored him and supported him so Joe Biden has literally I mean reversed and by the way the Taliban they're saying now is stronger than it ever was back then not to mention all the U.S. equipment and military equipment. That uh, they, they've they've been man they they have managed to seize because Biden foolishly and uh, inexplicably uh, pulled the military out and left all the equipment there. Are you nuts? What are you doing? Leaving the equipment there for the, for for the Taliban makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, it's literally inexplic inexplicable. But uh, but that's a that's a lie that Biden was busted on, saying that Al Qaeda's gone. Al Qaeda is very much alive and well and and thriving. Meanwhile. Thousands of Americans, as I said, are stranded. I mean, thousands and thousands of Americans. It's horrific. They're stranded. They cannot get into the airport. It's a bone-chilling scene. So that's another lie that was told by Biden. And as far as the allies praising Biden, multiple allies, multiple strong, staunch allies who are, who are supposed to be liberal countries, who are pro-Biden, pro-Obama, they have been blasting Joe Biden, the head of Angela Merkel's party in Germany, called this the biggest NATO debacle since its inception. I mean, literally, the head of the, one, one of the heads of Germany, the heir apparent of Angela Merkel, uh, her chancellorship in Germany, called the Afghanistan pullout the biggest NATO debacle since the inception 
of NATO. And meanwhile, if you look at what happened here, I mean, they did everything wrong. They literally did everything wrong. We now know that the Secretary of Defense actually warned Joe Biden that the Afghan military could not stay in power very long at all, not nearly as long as they expected. They knew that the Taliban would take over. We now know that the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Mark Milley, warned Joe Biden that the Taliban would swoop in. So Biden ignored literally his top senior staffers, his senior cabinet members, when they warned him, if you pull out, this is exactly what's going to happen. And um, I don't know which is worse because Biden's acting as though, well, yeah, this is happening all playing out as we planned. Is it worse to think that Joe Biden was clueless and actually thought that, uh, you know, had no idea this was going to happen? Or is it worse to believe he knew that Americans would be trapped in Afghanistan, frantically trying to escape thousands and thousands of Americans? This is arguably, some are calling this the worst hostage crisis in American history. And it's hard to argue that logic. And, and and Biden apparently didn't care. Again, either he was totally incompetent, didn't see this coming, or he knew it was coming, but he didn't care, which is kind of what he's acting like now. The military was the first to get out. Do you know this, that they orchestrated this, that they, that they left thousands, and now they're evacuating. And now after the fact, they're trying, they're racing because they have a few days until the deadline where the Taliban basically says they're going to take over and prevent anybody else from leaving. I think that's going to happen on the 31st. So the military was the first to leave. The military left, leaving all these thousands of Americans there. Then, of course, they had to go and send the military back in, which makes no sense. And by the way, Trump scaled down the military from 15,000 down to 2,500. So you're talking about 2,500 troops total. You have more than that now, in, 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 now that Biden sent Marines back in there to evacuate. But the military, as Trump said, President Trump was interviewed, he said the captain of the ship doesn't jump off the ship first when the ship is sinking. The captain makes sure everybody else gets off and remains on until everybody else is, is, is safely removed from the ship. So that's exactly the opposite of what happened here. Here, the military, they should have been the last to leave. Instead, they were the first to leave because uh, Biden and uh, the Pentagon wanted to actually protect their own troops. They closed Bagram Air Force Base. There are literally, there is no way out of Afghanistan other than Kabul. And the Kabul airport was now taken control over, seized by the Taliban. So they, they literally left one airport in the country that the Taliban was not going to have access to. That was Kabul. And Kabul, of course, the Taliban now has gained control over. So all they had was Bagram. Bagram, they closed. They closed Bagram again to protect the military. They said, all right, we're closing the Bagram Air Force Base, which was just a, a, a catastrophic Move So the whole pullout, strategically speaking, was totally backward, made no sense. And multiple senior officials we now know begged Joe Biden, please don't do this. This is going to be a disaster. But of course, he did not listen. Meanwhile, Anthony Blinken, the secretary of state, admitted to Congress, admitted to Congress that he was sent a memo warning that the Taliban could swiftly gain control of the country. Not as quickly as every as, as it turns out. It turns out that uh, I guess there were very few projections that it would happen in 11 days. I honestly could have you know would have thought that it would, that, that it could happen 11 days. I'm not saying I knew the facts on the ground, but am I, I surprised that it happened in 11 days? I'm not at all surprised. Am I surprised that the intel people got it wrong if they did get it wrong? We don't we, we'll never really know cuz they were pressured to produce certain types of reports to back up the administration. But um, I'm not surprised by any of this. But uh, Anthony Blinken admitted. He admitted this to Congressman Lee Zeldin. He was testifying before Congress. And he was asked, well, when did you see this memo? There was a memo that was circulated from two dozen diplomats on the ground, two dozen diplomats who knew the situation in Afghanistan warning Anthony Blinken 
that the Taliban could gain control very quickly. He read this in mid-July, but it seems that he ignored it. He admitted reading an internal cable from about two dozen diplomats warning that the Taliban could take over Afghanistan much quicker than anybody realized. And of course, that turned out to be exactly what happened. Blinken said, yeah, I saw it in mid-July. Well, what did he do about it? Obviously nothing because they went ahead with the plans. Meanwhile, according to Fox News, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin said today that intel assessments predicted the Taliban could retake the country in a matter of months. So remember, Biden kept saying that a Taliban takeover was not inevitable. Biden kept saying that it would be uh, at least a year or two, but it turns out Secretary of State, uh, Secretary of Defense, I mean, Lloyd Austin, he actually saw assessments that it could happen much, much faster. Now, again, not 11 days, but much, much faster. He was interviewed on ABC News by Martha Raddatz at the Pentagon, Secretary of Defense Austin, and he said nobody in the intel community predicted the Afghan government would fall as, ta as rapidly as it did. He said, quote, there were assessments that ranged from one or two years to several months, but it was a wide range of assessments. And as the Taliban began to make gains, and we saw that in a number of cases there was less fighting and more surrendering and more forces evaporating, it was very difficult to predict with accuracy. This all occurred in about 11 days. Nobody predicted that the government would fall in 11 days. And he was asked by Martha Raddatz whether he thought the planning for the military withdrawal was acceptable and appropriate. Austin responded, quote, I do based upon what we were looking at. Like everybody else, the president listened to our input. Again, he conducted a very rigorous and thoughtful process and he made a decision. And I support that decision, end quote. So there you have Lloyd Austin, Secretary of Defense, saying, well, listen, it happened in 11 days. Nobody could have predicted that. Do I stand by our decision? I stand by our decision because that was based on what we translation. We were clueless and incompetent. Everyone's dancing around and, well, what did we know? And the assessment, was it a year? Was it two years? Was it a few months? They told us that it was okay. We trained the Afghan army. Listen, smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. Put it all aside. We were clueless. We were incompetent. I don't mean we. I mean Biden. I mean, I mean Blinken. I mean Lloyd Austin. I mean, the, the, you know, the, the, anybody who was involved in making this decision, the Biden leftist radical Biden administration, who cared more about pushing their own agenda, their anti-war agenda, and their we're not going to stand in the way of radical Islamic agenda, even though they're supposed to be the ones who are caring and compassionate. You know, you know what the Taliban does to women? You know, the Taliban society, Sharia law, do you know how evil and cruel these people are? And, and, and Biden's supposed to be the compassionate one, right? The Democrats are supposed to be compassionate. And they're empowering the Taliban, the most, the, literally the most evil, brutal group on the planet. Literally, you know, I mean, maybe may second to, to, I don't know, Kim Jong-un, but like it's, it, they're like a close second. I don't even know who's worse or, or the Iranians, you know, or the Saudis. I mean, it's all the same. So, here, but here you have, what are, the, well, you know, what are they doing? Well, we're blaming and we're this and we didn't know. We, look, very simple. You pulled out. You took the military out. You left thousands of Americans there. You left tons of equipment there. We're going to get to that in a moment. And you said, don't worry. It's fine. The Afghan military, they'll, they'll stay in charge. 11 days later, 11 days later, the Taliban swoops in and takes control of the country. So, like, either you knew and you didn't care or you were clueless and incompetent. And I suspect the latter. They were clueless and incompetent. Meanwhile, there's a clip, just a horrific, horrific clip showing Afghanis Afghani, you know, trying to get out of the country and they're clinging to a plane as it takes off the outside of a plane. And this is so, so tragic. It's unspeakable. But I just have to share it just to give you a picture, the imagery here. They're clinging to the tires of a plane. So like the landing gear, the tires of a plane somehow, the, the plane is taking off there evidently. And this is a video clip. They're so desperate. 
to get out of the country that they're literally clinging to the tires of the plane, but tragically they were not able to hang on and they actually fell off. The, the, the plane takes off, it's in the air, and they actually fell and they plunged to their deaths. They were clinging to the outside. Now look how desperate they were to get out of the country that they were clinging to the outside of a plane, to the tires, thinking that would that would be their ticket out. I mean, it, it, it's it's really horrific. It's just it's just unthinkable. It's just shocking and, and just unspeakable horrors here going on in this country. And these people are trapped and sending toddlers, etc. And, and, and Biden was asked about that. That the, about that video, by the way, by his friendly liberal reporter, George Stephanopoulos. And Biden basically got impatient with Stephanopoulos and attacked the question. And Stephanopoulos is like a very good friend, very close friend of all these Democrats. I mean, he, of course, was a, was a Clinton White House staffer. But where's the empathy? You know, Biden, he's supposed to be so concerned, so empathetic, so compassionate. I mean, could he be more callous? And, uh, you know, he's literally endangered thousands and thousands of lives here. I mean, it's just these people are terrified. They're they're trapped in this country and and, and the clock is ticking. And Biden just like keeps just defending himself and just like dodging all these questions. I mean, uh, defending what he did, like, hello, how could he be more callous? Meanwhile, the Taliban, as I keep saying, they've seized a wealth of U.S. equipment they confiscated. I mean, this is stunning. This is absolutely shocking and startling how much equipment was left behind here. Very disturbing. So, I mean, wouldn't you think they would take out the equipment before they pull out? So you have helicopters, thousands of weapons. By the way, the Taliban now has biometric sensors that were used by the U.S. government to identify who was working with the United States. So this is absolutely terrifying. This is chilling where the, the, the United States, they had these Afghanis who were allies who were basically sneaking behind the Taliban's back and behind the, the Afghanis' back. They, they, they had these Afghani civilians who were helping the U.S. military, right? They were informants. They were giving them key vital information. And now those people are not able to get out of the country, of course, thanks to President Biden. So how did they know who was on their side? How did they How did they verify that? They actually had biometric sensors so they could tell, you know, whether it's based on DNA, whether it's based on a person's fingerprints or whatever, or their eye, their retina. But, but uh, the point is that they had these sensors where they could tell who was an ally, who was an enemy. So now the Taliban has seized that, has gotten a hold of that. So the Taliban can actually tell who was assisting the United States. And of course, obviously, we know how, how they're going to react and how, and how they're going to punish these people. So can you imagine now, in other countries, the United States goes in and wants local people in those countries to risk their lives and to inform and to give uh, information and work with the United States and the military and the United, the United States intel agencies. Why would people do that? risk their lives when they clearly see that they're not safe and they clearly see that the United States is going to give them up and essentially going to allow their identity to be taken uh, by the enemy, to be seized by the enemy. How could he ever trust the United States again? Which obviously is is, is a very terrifying prospect. So he, now here are the shocking numbers. As I said, you have between ten and 20,000, according to estimates, ten, between 20, ten and 20,000 Americans trapped in Afghanistan right now behind enemy lines, unable to escape through Kabul airport. This is essentially the largest hostage crisis in American history when you think about it. Biden also left the Taliban terrorists 600,000 weapons, 600,000 weapons. So he has given them, I mean, literally the Taliban, they're better trained than they were before at this point. Uh, they actually have more more power over more of the country than they did back in back back, back pre 9/11. Believe it or not, literally, it used to be the north the Northern Alliance used to have used to, they were the they were the sort of good guys, and they used to have a nice chunk of the country. Now the Taliban has everything. So Biden leaves a stronger Taliban, and he handed them 
this massive, massive cache of weapons. Think about that for a moment. 600,000 weapons, 75,000 vehicles, 200 aircraft. He's given them the, you know, their very own military infrastructure. Uh, this is like, and, and, and the media has not, has been underreporting this, but this is, uh, it's just mind-boggling. So it's shaping up to be the greatest humiliation in U.S. history, which, which as some say, that's really what the Democrats were looking for all along. And just to give you some perspective over here, Biden left 300 times more guns to the Taliban than the Fast and Furious program gave to um, you know, Mexican drug cartels. And Biden gave more than 150 times more potential hostages to uh, potential hostages, if I can get the wording out straight here. Biden gave... Uh, over 150 times more potential hostages than were taken during the Iran hostage crisis. All right, let's get to other news of the day. Believe it or not, there is other news besides Afghanistan. The FBI apparently says, at least according to reports, this is not official yet, but according to reports, the FBI believes that the Capitol riots, get this, on January 6th, were not a coordinated effort. No conspiracy, no sedition. No treason. Get this. The FBI believes that the Capitol riots, they were essentially spontaneous and mostly unplanned and not not a coordinated effort to overturn the election results. Why am I not surprised? And uh, is this going to get attention from the media? Of course not. According to Reuters, which is the mainstream media, but they're on this story. According to Reuters, the FBI, but I don't believe the story is going to be front and center. And it's very convenient now with Afghanistan to bury the story. But we're reporting it here, of course. According to Reuters, the FBI has found little evidence that the Capitol riot was a planned and coordinated effort to overturn the results of the 2020 election. This is according to the Washington Examiner, quoting Reuters. The report cites four current and former law enforcement officials who are either directly involved in or briefed on the Capitol riot investigations. They say the FBI, the Bureau, has found scant evidence that the January 6th attack on the Capitol was the result of an organized plot to overturn the presidential election result. The FBI at this point believes, quote, the violence was not centrally coordinated by far-right groups or prominent supporters of President Trump, end quote. Well, where, where is the media now? Where is Pelosi? Is anybody going to apologize and retract and admit that they were wrong and that the Capitol riots were essentially spontaneous? And by the way, they impeached Trump. They impeached Trump basically for inciting this riot. Not basically. They impeached Trump for, for, for inciting the riot. And uh, it turns out that it wasn't a coordinated effort at all. The FBI also says investigators found cells of protesters, including followers of the far-right Oath Keepers and Proud Boys, had aimed to break into the Capitol, but they found no evidence that the groups had serious plans about what to do if they made it inside. So they were just doing this basically just for the sake of doing it, just for the sake of rioting. They were angry. They were frustrated. They obviously felt that the election was stolen, so they broke in and decided to riot basically to express themselves. But, but And yet the president of the United States was impeached. He was impeached over, over this as though he was like guilty of treason. All right, according to a new poll from Rasmussen, most Americans believe that Joe Biden is not the man in charge. Now, what's amazing is how many people still believe Biden is in charge. How could anybody believe Biden's in charge? And, and if they do believe Biden is in charge, why are they not running for their lives? It's terrifying. But when, when you look at the man, but according to a Rasmussen poll, the majority of Americans believe Biden is not in charge and someone behind the scenes is controlling the White House. Uh, Rasmussen asked, quote, is Joe Biden really doing the job of president or are others making the decisions behind the scenes? And a slight majority, 51 percent, said others are doing the work. Thirty nine percent said Biden is in charge, which is down from 47 percent in March. So at least you have a lot more people who now don't believe 
for sure that Biden is calling the shots. They're not ready to say that he's not. That, that number is about the same. But it's down from 47% in March to 39% who say that Biden is in charge. What those 39% of people are thinking is beyond me. Um, it goes even further. Not only is Biden not in charge, but he's not even being told the facts on the ground. And um, I'm almost convinced, as I said, that, that somebody is trying to sabotage Biden. Because think about it this way. You know, um, he, he, and again, <clears throat> a conspiracy theorist will tell you that it's a Trump mole. I'm not going that far. I'm just throwing out that possibility. But think about this, right? Here you have the Democrats. The Democrats are desperate to be in charge. But here's the problem. You had so many Trump success stories, right? Trump was so successful with Iran, with foreign policy. He was so successful um, bringing peace to the Middle East. He was so successful with the border, right, um, with Remain in Mexico. And he literally, uh, literally took control of the border all on his own. And Trump just had so many successes both domestically and foreign policy successes. So now Biden comes in, if they try to implement these radical policies, when you talk about the spending and all the inflation, you talk about the border, you talk about Iran, trying to restore the nuclear deal, you talk about Afghanistan. I mean, Joe Biden's policies are just a total nightmare, a disaster waiting to happen. The socialist radical policies are just going to be devastating. They're going to be crushing. And, and that's what we're seeing play out right now. So what, what do you do? In other words, what do you do? They basically had to admit, any Democrat who's paying attention, Trump's policies were so successful that if you're going to go and reverse those policies, it's going to be a disaster, which is exactly what we're seeing play out, which is that the border's a disaster, inflation's a disaster, um, the Afghanistan pullout's a disaster, the Iran nuclear deal is going to be another disaster with the Iranians very close to a nuclear weapon at this point. So what do you do? So the answer is there has to be failure. The only way, they have two options. Either they could continue the Trump way, which, of course, they can't do because that's the Republican conservative agenda, or to actually implement the Biden agenda, the radical agenda, the Bernie Sanders Ocasio agenda, right? What, what, what you're going to have is failure. So what do you do? The answer is you implement the, you implement the, 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 the radical left policies, but then you, you let Biden take the fall. Biden doesn't really know what's going on. So you just kind of push his buttons, whoever's calling the shots, and they just implement his policies, throw him under the bus. He now takes the fall. He looks like the worst president in American history, which he is. And then in 2024, they put somebody else up and say, well, this person's going to do better. That's how I look at this. The, 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 the strategy here is, listen, we're going to have to suffer because Trump was so successful with his right-wing conservative policies that the only way now for the Democrats to get what they want is total failure. And, and, and that's exactly what we're seeing play out. So, I mean, it's all happening exactly as we planned. The Democrats knew it was going to happen. They're not, you know, most Democrats are not very bright, but there are some Democrats out there who said to themselves, I'm just guessing here. They said, you know what? This could be a disaster. Well, no problem. We'll, put, we'll prop up Biden. Biden's going to be in charge. Biden will do whatever we tell him anyway because he doesn't really know what's going on to begin with. We'll control him. Now, he's going to, now, if they had had somebody else, right, if they had, had Kamala Harris, she would have pushed back and said, we can't implement these policies because th these are going to be total failures, right? Pull out of Afghanistan. Are you nuts? You know, the Taliban's going to take over. Get, give up Remain in Mexico. People are going to cross the border in droves. So a anybody paying any close attention would have said, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to go through with this. And, that, and then the liberals would not be able to implement their radical agenda. So this was the option was, all right, well, we'll just have Bi oh, just Joe will do it. Just Biden will do it. And that's fine because in 2024, it's going to be somebody new anyway. That, that's my theory. I'm certainly open to your suggestions. You can email me at josh at joshmshow.com is our email address. J-O-S-H, josh at joshmshow.com. Um, I want to speak for a minute about this $3.5 trillion um, spending package. 
that Pelosi is planning to bring to the House floor. Not clear when she's going to bring this to the House floor, but there's a big debate here between the socialist squad, Ocasio-Cortez, and the left wing of the party, and the moderates. And uh, it's only nine moderates, so don't get too excited. It's really very few moderates who, who are on the other side here. But... Um, it's really interesting because you're seeing the moderates versus the radicals, and it, it appears that, that Pelosi is going to side with the radicals, and this is exactly what we've been telling you. So it's this $3.5 trillion spending package. The moderates, the question is when to pass this bill. The question is, do you pass it at the same time with the infrastructure bill, this massive spending bill, $3.5 trillion, or do you wait and uh, slow walk the $3.5 trillion and not pass it for another few weeks? So there's a fight here. The radicals say, listen— we're only, we want to pass the $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill now. We want to do both of them together. And um, the uh, the moderates, which only nine moderates are saying, we want to stall the spending bill. So it seems that Pelosi is fast-tracking both bills, and she wants the $3.5 trillion package to pass right away. So she's siding with the radicals. She's siding with Ocasio and with the squad and with Elon Omar. Now, it's a disaster, of course, because we don't want this $3.5 trillion package to pass, but it, the story is deeper here because Pelosi siding with the radicals once again proves what we have told you all along, which is the radicals are controlling the party. The mainstream media, they like you to believe. They, they say, yeah, Ocasio-Cortez, Elon Omar. Yes, they're a little bit more left. They're a little bit more radical. They're a little bit more socialist, yes, but they're the fringe. That's what they want us to believe. Bernie Sanders, they're the fringe of the party. They are not the fringe of the party. Number one, they are much more mainstream, and they represent a very large chunk of Democrat voters. And number two, much more than anybody wants to admit on that side, number two, they control the party. They can, Even though Nancy Pelosi is not technically a socialist, deep down she is, and deep down she wants Ocasio-Cortez to be controlling the party, and that's exactly what is happening. And this is proof, further proof. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.